Welcome to Sense by Meg Forer, the podcast that's brought to you by ParentSense, the app that takes guesswork out of parenting. If you're a new parent, then you are in good company. Your host, Meg Forer, is a well-known OT, infant specialist, and the author of eight parenting books. Each week, we're going to spend time with new mums and dads just like you to chat about the week's wins, the challenges, and the questions of the moment. Subscribe to the podcast, download the ParentSense app, and catch Make Here every week to make the most of that first year of your little one's life. And now, meet your host. Welcome back, mums and dads. It's Meg Fora, and this is Sense by Meg Fora. And each week, I am joined by a mum or a baby expert. Often, the mum is the baby expert to talk about babies, baby issues like sleep and feeding, toddler temper tantrums. The list goes on and on. And we have a lot of fun just talking around all the subjects that are very close to your heart. And amongst my favorite conversations have been the ones over the past year with Cassidy. Now, Cass is mum to Max, and if you have been listening to this podcast for the last year, you will know that we have been tracking Max's journey for exactly a year. In fact, so exactly that it was yesterday that Max was born a year ago. So welcome back, Cass, and happy birthday, mama. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Yes, I know. It's very strange. In fact, when I woke up this morning, I said to Alex, I feel more emotional today than I did yesterday. I think I was sort of so focused on making it a lovely day. And yeah. I woke up and I thought, when someone asked me how old he is now, I've got to say he's one. He's actually a toddler. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. So how was the big boy's birthday yesterday? Well, do you know what? He's celebrating a bit like royalty. It's quite staggered. Okay. <laughs> we were on holiday in Greece for the last two weeks with my family and they're not back yet so we did some celebrations in Greece and then yesterday he had just mummy and daddy for the day although we did have a couple of surprise guests that turned up with presents which was lovely and we had a lovely time yesterday it it seems cruel but he doesn't really know we did have a cake with a candle but he didn't have any cake (laughs) (laughs) he had some nice piece of fruit but mummy and daddy had a lovely slice of cake (laughs) but he loved you know we lit the candle and sung happy birthday and he was we had party hats that we all wore and we went out for lunch and yeah he had a lovely lovely time and then today the nanny's taken him on an amazing birthday day out and that sort of thing so yeah he's and then all of his godparents arrived because it's his christening on the weekend so there'll be further celebrations with all of his godparents on the weekend so lovely so it's an extended period and his grandparents I presume will be back from their holiday to wish him as exactly yeah they'll be back on the weekend so yeah he's very lucky he's although you know I think he's oblivious one should have a birthday (laughs) month really shouldn't he yes I completely (laughs) agree so talking about birthdays what did you get him and I mean a lot of mums often ask the question around what is a good gift to give to one year old and what I'm interested to know what you gave him so it's a tricky one we went back and forth and because we weren't really so keen on getting him a big thing we thought he's not going to necessarily remember Mm -hmm. and so we got him some lovely new clothes going into winter and things like that and then he got a race car track with a car so the car itself is a toy but then it also can go on a racetrack and it does loop the loop and stuff like that and he I have a lovely photo of him the first time it did its loop the loop just with his mouth wide (laughs) open staring at it um 
And then we also got him a glow-in-the-dark ball. He loves glow-in-the-dark things and lights at the moment and balls. He is obsessed with a ball. So we got him that. And then we got him a bath toy as well that swims and sings in the bath with him. So, yeah, just a few sort of little things. We also happen to know that he's got lots of lovely things coming his way. One of the favoured toys that he's received was from our cleaner who got him a toy phone and toy keys, (laughs) which of course is absolutely fantastic because he loves to play with my keys and my phone. Isn't it amazing? And it is, you know, but very often if those toys and keys are too toy-like, they actually lose interest in those as well. They really want the real things. So you have to get things that actually do really represent real things in life and then they can use them. It's wonderful. Well, what I found amazing is he, we don't really speak on the phone like an old school phone anymore. Mm -hmm. But this morning he put the phone to his ear as though there was someone speaking. So he must have seen me do it and he was looking at me with the phone to his ear it might have been a coincidence well it's really interesting you know I was actually doing some research recently for a talk that I did on how play develops in the toddler years and it was specifically towards imaginary play and you know imagination only comes out when little ones are 18 to 24 months old so it's still a little bit of time for him so he's not really at the stage of imagination But one of the precursors to imagination is actually taking on the role of another person. And that's what he's doing. He's mimicking what he sees you do with your phone or when you're speaking to somebody or when he gets behind the wheel of a car, he'll move the steering wheel as if he's driving. And it's not imaginary play. He's not actually thinking about driving somewhere or actually thinking about speaking to someone else, but he's mimicking what you're doing. And it's one of those foundation steps, which which will then move on to them actually having imagination, which... Um, is, of course, the most important thing. It's the most important type of play for little ones in terms of language development and so many other aspects of development. Yeah, we're noticing he does mimic everybody a bit more and more mm-hmm. as things goes on. But also, it's not necessarily imagination, but when we were on holiday, he's developed this new two words, really, <laughs> together. But there are more noises. But every morning when he woke up, we had this beautiful view from our villa. He'd come out of his room and he'd point at the view and go, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Because he'd seen you all do it. <laughs> and so then the whole holiday, and he obviously got a reaction. And the whole holiday he spent going, oh, wow. <laughs> funny <laughs> the things that they say one of my favorite movies is that meet the fuckers movie where and yeah. i don't know if you've watched oh, yeah. it recently but oh my gosh i watched it the other day and i did have to laugh when the baby says Ass-ball. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes my husband and i refer to each other as <laughs> so yeah you do have to watch what you do because they will mimic everything yeah. and then you will react and then it's firmly entrenched yeah we said yeah. in the car actually because when he was we were talking about how he's saying and he also i mean he doesn't really know the difference between a cat and a dog so everything is da, da now yeah. cats and dogs but uh we were saying you know he really is starting to use words we're gonna have to stop being really yeah. careful well, um, you might have yeah. missed the boat there because actually, I mean, you know that they start to learn <laughs> words long before they actually say them. So you're going to have to watch yourselves. Mm-hmm. And Cass, how was the holiday? Because traveling with a nearly one-year-old can be somewhat challenging. And how did that work out for you? So it was a tale of two halves. <laughs> <laughs> so the actual traveling, traveling there, traveling back was 
phenomenal. People actually stopped us as we were getting off the plane and commented on how incredible our baby was. was (laughs) Women had spotted him in the queue when we were checking in and then she ended up chatting to him. I mean, he makes friends everywhere he goes. And she was chatting to him and then she ended up being on the next row and she said, well, now we'll see if you really are as gorgeous as we think you are. (laughs) And this was a three and a half hour flight. And at the end, the person in the row in front of her who had a child, they were talking about the baby across the aisle and how incredible he was. I don't know how we're so lucky, Um, but he was. Well, I do. It's because if he's got faces, he Mm, he's very social. And he was looking out the window, oh, wow, at every plane. And, (laughs) you know, so he was great on the traveling. But (laughs) when we were there, the first week, equally fantastic. Routine went out the window, you know, and we were much more relaxed. So he was down to one sleep, really, for the the whole holiday Mm -hmm. because it just, that's how it worked. And he did really well with that. Sometimes once or twice we went out for dinner. And he was amazing. He was sleeping through the night, waking up at 7.30 in the morning. I mean, it was the dream. We moved villas halfway through and it was completely different child. He, we have never had such bad nights in the whole year. Oh, wow. My husband and I came back exhausted (laughs) from our holiday. He would be up besides himself screaming for two hours nonstop in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. I could not leave him the first night I ended up having to sleep in the bed with him the second night he had to come into our room the next night I slept on the bed and he was in the cot and then eventually we did it where my husband would have to go and settle him and then he would go down he seems to have become very clingy to me mm. very very clingy quite I mean, it's in some ways quite hard work and a bit Mm. exhausting. Mm. But he also had two molars that are coming through. But it was, you know, we do Calpol, teething gel. We would even resort to a feed. And he was still just, I've never heard him cry like that. And it would last for an hour and a half to two hours at about three o'clock in the morning. And did you move with the whole family as well? Because you were with your family. Everybody moved to the new villa. That's Everybody really interesting. Moved. And we wondered and- if it was the villa because it was literally overnight. But it was almost the same time every morning. And was he then having two days sleeps or one day sleep in the second villa? So he'd been on one day sleeps and we were keeping on exactly the same holiday routine. But then I thought, well, maybe he's completely overtired. So we started mm. shifting back to really reducing those awake windows giving him two sleep made no difference at all I mean as you can imagine we tried almost everything I mean at one point I took him to my parents room and we sort of had a bit of a morning tradition where he'd go and see granny and gramps in the morning while mommy and daddy had half an hour to sort our heads out Mm -hmm. and one morning they opened their door and I just burst out crying I said I'm so tired Mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong with him I don't know what's going on and it made me realize how lucky we've been and how mm. good we've had it for a year, mm. but it was, it was shocking. Yeah, it's very painful. And what's he been like now that you're back home? So last night he had a good night. His first night as a one-year-old went very well. Okay. <laughs> Previous night, he was still waking. The first night we've shifted it now. Alex goes into him. It, we feel possibly if I go into him, he then doesn't want me to leave. Mm. And that seems to have helped a little bit. So it, it does seem to be getting better. But he's got all of his one-year vaccinations tomorrow. So So that might just throw that out. I mean, you know that sleep-wise that 12 to 14 months is another cusp age. So we have one at nine months. 
And then we have another one at 12 to 14 months where they drop from two sleeps down to one sleep. And that often does come with a little bit of disruption. And there's a couple of reasons for that. The one is that when they're having two sleeps, they're more likely to have those very long awake patches in the middle of the night. So kind of an hour and a half of just unsettledness. You know, they're kind of too awake to fall asleep and too tired to be awake and irritable. And then you can get these kind of long patches of fussing. So that happens. And then the minute you're dropping asleep, you drop down from two down to one. And then they're overtired in the late afternoon. And that can lead to night terrors. And night terrors where they wake up and the first thing they do is scream. So it's not like they wake up moaning. They just wake up with an absolute scream. And then when you go in, almost like don't see you. They're just inconsolable and not even seeing you. People sometimes think they're nightmares, but babies don't have nightmares until they have imagination and dreaming, which happens closer to two. So at this age, it's not nightmares, it's night terrors if that happens. So, you know, they kind of often go together that you have these horrible wakeful patches and then you manage to get down to only one one day sleep for a few days and then they are overtired and then they have these night terrors. So it could be that, but it really is hugely disconcerting for you. Yeah, you know, I can cope if I can settle him and then get him back down, you know, even if it's half an hour or something like that. But I've never heard him cry like that. I mean, Mm. he was almost choking. He was so hysterical. Mm. Then, you know, he'd be in the best spirits in Mm. the day. Maybe he'd be a bit cranky because he was tired. He'd had no sleep. Mm. But, you know, it was it was very strange and at one point when I was just walking up and down in the room because if I you know if I did walk calmly and I did some breathing for myself rather than letting myself get too het up you know I did notice that he would be okay and he'd calm down but as soon as I tried to put him down the Mm -hmm. hysterical crying would Mm -hmm. start again and I remember thinking when I was walking up and down I hope Meg's got some answers to this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, it's difficult. And and there aren't always answers. I mean, there are, it can also be the environment. I mean, uh, we had a situation once where we ended up with our son doing exactly the same thing. And we eventually worked out that we'd managed to trap a mosquito every night underneath the mosquito net over his cot. We were away at the time, also on holiday. And it was a mozzie that was getting to him. And it was three nights in a row where he would just be completely irritable for hours and hours. And I'd pick him up and put him down. Every time I put him down, he'd start crying. And then the next morning, he'd wake up with all these mozzie bites. And so, we, you know, we worked out that it was the mozzies. But, you know, there'll be things like that that you just absolutely cannot explain. I do think separation anxiety can play a role. You know, he was fine with the transition initially with everything being consistent. But maybe that kind of moving houses was just like one more change like you know what, what's going on now and you know people try and push against routine and consistency for little ones because we don't all love it in our lives we love the variety and the interest mm. but actually little ones just do best in their own places you know a holiday is sometimes not a holiday with a little one because they actually just do best when they're at home so it could have also been that and then that can elevate the separation anxiety which is what you picked up on this episode is brought to us by parent sense the all-in-one baby and parenting app that helped you make the most of your baby's first year. Don't you wish someone would just tell you everything you need to know about caring for your baby? When to feed them, how to wean them, and why they won't sleep? ParentSense app is like having a baby expert on your phone guiding you to parent with confidence. Get a flexible routine, daily tips, and advice personalized for you and your little one. Download ParentSense app now from your app store and take the guesswork out of parenting. 
And is it quite normal for separation anxiety around this age anyway? Because a couple of my friends who have similar aged, in fact, Charlie and Katie, who were on the podcast mm. ages ago, mm. they have both, before I'd said anything, they both commented yesterday that their little ones were being very clingy. Is that quite normal yeah. around this time? Yeah. So, I mean, there are definitely different ages where separation anxiety raises its head. I mean, sometimes in a four to five month old, we'll see it particularly with our slow to warm up babies, they tend to become quite clingy then. All babies do it between seven and nine months. You know, that's your separation anxiety phase where they're learning object permanence and they want to know that you still exist when they can't see you. And then it happens again when there's a life stage. So, you know, at around about a year, it, it can happen. And then certainly when you go back to work or when mom has a second baby or when they start with a day nurse or whatever it is, it definitely can arise. I don't so much believe in exact so-called leaps as in you know people talk about the leaps I think that's a little bit of horoscoping trying to fit all babies into exactly the same thing I think that these type of emotional challenges which is what separation anxiety is happen at specific times because of going through developmental change and that would be like object permanence so at a year of age there isn't necessarily a big shift but it is interesting because all three of you have found that it's happening at this time yeah I mean when I realized uh, that the molars were coming through yeah, and you realize the size of mm. those teeth that mm. have to come through. I mean, he's got the two molars and then another third tooth coming through. So, yeah. So that's so. certainly more likely. So, I mean, molars coming through, teeth coming through like that will definitely disrupt and it'll do it over the course of about four or five nights. It will cause disruption, those big teeth. Uh, did he have those kind of acidy smelling poos as well? And, the, you know, kind of all of that teething. Maybe. He's got a horrific teething rash all around his mouth, which again, I thought that could be causing him some discomfort. Mm -hmm. It looks like quite severe eczema, but it's just around his mouth. So it's Mm -hmm. sort of a drool rash. But I mean, there's the thing in the day, he's still the same. And, you know, people Mm -hmm. constantly comment, gosh, what a happy baby. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we're very lucky. He just turns into this alien child at night. But generally speaking, on the holiday, he was absolutely fantastic his favorite greek dish is spinach pie he Ooh, devoured nice. spinach pie yeah he was actually you know sometimes because he, he got a bit fussy around his food as well again probably related to the teething mm-hmm. but we could always rely on he would eat spinach pie he oh, just loved lovely. it and what was the temperature like in the room did, did you have um, aircon there was aircon actually and I did wonder if this played a part as well. The second week, the temperature did drop a little bit. So I shifted, I changed him from a vest into the full sleep mm-hmm. suit because it was just that little bit cooler. It's been too warm. Yeah. So, that well, no, nice. I think it was, I think actually he could have done with more. It was really cold at night. Oh, was it cold? Oh. Yeah. So I think possibly it was a case of he was a bit too mm-hmm. chilly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do lie Mm. there thinking could it be that could it be this could it be but it does seem to be on the up although as I say we've got the vaccinations but yeah generally speaking other than that he was very very well behaved and he started doing more swimming which he hasn't done and it was really lovely as well because he had more access to my family every day he adores my dad Mm. to the point where if He's with anybody and my dad walks into the room. That's it. Game over. He just wants to be in Gramps' arms. So that, I think, was also a little bit exhausting for my dad, but lovely. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very 
a special to have that time and I think we're going to try and make it a bit of an annual yeah. thing no, for holidays him. are very very important for families it really does reconnect you and yeah real good solid time together I think it also one of the things I observed is it really allowed me to see what Max is capable of at home everything's in a very controlled environment and because of traveling or whatever it might be they have to be tested a little bit and mm. I became aware that I maybe don't allow him to I think I worry about him being overstimulated but actually he could do with more stimulation mm. and it allowed me to see how easy it is to go to a restaurant or go out for a whole day do multiple meals and just go with the flow and go mm. wherever because he will be okay we were on a boat for a whole day and I was a bit worried I thought oh, I don't know how nap time's gonna work and you know that's the thing and we put him in a float on the floor of the boat and he fell fast asleep and you know was absolutely fantastic and the next time we went on a boat he just curled up on my lap and took himself off to sleep yeah it is amazing and you know I think one of the things and if mums of younger babies are listening and they're thinking wow I mean will my baby ever get to this if they really do come out the other side but I will tell you Cass that it's often got to do with how you manage the routines early on that frees you up later. And going back to one of our early, early podcasts, I remember you saying, you know, this, it's so limiting, you know, which naps can he take out because mm. I can't be so limited by all this. And I can remember saying to you, because I've said it so many times to moms, the things that confine you now will be the things that set you free later. And it is the truest thing, you know, babies who have good rhythms and good routines early on, establish better sleep habits are easier to get to sleep and they end up being a whole lot more flexible when you really need it and forgive me if I told you the story did I tell you about my new year's eve story yes, um, yes. yeah and for those who haven't heard the story it was back when 1999 to the year 2000 y2k we all thought that the world was going to end in that year <laughs> <laughs> and my son was 18 months old at new year and you could not get a nanny for money I mean you just couldn't get one because there were no babysitters around for New Year's Eve so we managed to hire one babysitter between I can't remember maybe 10 babies I can't remember the exact number and we packed all their camp cots next to each other and put them all down next to each other to go to sleep at night and I thought my social butterfly James who is just like Max reminds me of him in so many ways and I thought you know there's just no chance that he'll go to sleep but I did his same routine identical as I did every night put him down walked out and he of course he fell asleep and, and slept like he normally did but it was the fact that I'd done that rhythm of that bedtime routine that meant that I could do that and like you say it allows you to be able to go out to a restaurant and not do the bedtime routine and when you get home at 10 o'clock instead of 7 o'clock when he normally goes down that he will actually be able to settle because he's a well self-regulated baby but it, it does come down to the early days putting in place a good routine so that it does work. Yeah, there were some nights where we'd take him back after a restaurant and he would lie down and just, that was it, conked out. And then there were other nights where we'd maybe just got it slightly wrong and he would pace the cot. <laughs> My great uncle used to have a conservation in his garden. He owned a game lodge and he had a leopard in his garden that used to pace up and down inside its enclosure. And Max had these wild eyes and was pacing up and down <laughs> in the cot. I was like, oh my goodness, it's like Uncle Robin's leopard. Yeah. But then eventually, as you say, he would just slowly go from pacing to sitting mm. and crawling up and down to lying. Yeah, um, sleeping, yeah. And he sleeps 
with his bum right in the air on the front. I love it when they do that. That's just so precious. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been an incredible journey to have followed Max's life. He's been an incredible little boy. He's running now. He's taking paces, isn't he? Yeah. In fact, the nanny just sent me a video and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, he's He really is amazing. And he's got a couple of words. What are his words now? So yeah, there's dog and cat, which are the same thing. He doesn't really tend to do it very often, but sometimes he will say hello. In a sort I've of, seen that on yeah, the video. Very I'm funny. So pleased I caught that on film because he really doesn't <laughs> do it very often. Uh, it's very frustrating. Um, and then, yeah, the the big one is, oh, wow. Uh, I love it. Oh, it's a very, very precious age. At the beginning of this, this afternoon, we were talking about him getting gifts for his first birthday. And you said he's going to get completely spoiled this weekend. And there's a couple of little principles for one-year-olds that I think are worth noting. The one is they will get completely spoiled on their first birthday and they won't know what came on that day or what comes another time. So take half those gifts and put them in the mm. top of the cupboard and then bring them down, you know, so that there's a new surprise every week for the next kind of six or seven weeks because in that way they're not totally overwhelmed with all of the presents. So that's the one good tip and then the other thing going into birthday party season because now you've got all your friends having their one-year-olds mm -hmm. is how do we manage the cakes and you know you mentioned that max didn't have any of his cake and one of the things that is a really good tip for birthday parties is to feed your baby absolutely chock-a-block full of strawberries and sweet fruits just before you go because then their sweet tooth is completely gone they're completely full so by the time they get there and they see all the sweets and, and so on out there they're just not terribly interested and then the other thing on sweets that is worth mentioning is that, you know, the, the sweet that babies, I mean, lots of sweets that babies can choke on, but the one that people don't often know about is marshmallows. Mm. On the app, we actually do have a choking course, Get Confident with Choking. So it's well worth anybody who's got the app going on to and doing the Get Confident with Choking course, because you really do want to make sure you can cover all the bases. Yeah, absolutely. We've always been quite good quite strict I should say probably good mm. isn't the right word we've been quite mm. strict about what Max has eaten he's never had chocolate he's never had cake mm. he's never had any of those things he's had maybe a bit of maple syrup and some mm. porridge although now that he's one we have given him some honey he had some yeah, honey yeah. in Greek yogurt with banana which he loved but I'm sort of hoping that fruit is he loves it yeah you know mm. he absolutely loves it and so if I can as you say satisfy that sweet tooth mm. as much as possible hopefully he'll not be that interested because he doesn't even know that other things exist yet. Yeah. Well, it is. It's such a challenge because the problem with sweets is that they're brightly colored as well. So it's not just saying, well, if he's never tasted it, he won't know that he wants it because then it must look ugly as well. Mm. And the problems with sweets is that they look so tempting as well. They've got the color and the smell as well as the taste. So you're not going to keep him off it forever. And no. so I think the principle has to be that it, it, it's never available in your home mm. but if he's at a party you do have to relax a little but make sure he's so full that he doesn't really taste as good as it would taste if he was hungry but I suppose that the challenge that I will face is I don't want things to be seen as a treat or, or and, forbidden fruit mm. yeah, well exactly so you know it, mm. it, exactly that when we have a sweet it's a massive treat because we mm. never have it or you can't mm. have it unless mm. it's these conditions so it's getting that balance of yes you can have it if you want you know if we're in a supermarket mm. for example but it's again the balance of it doesn't become standard but it's also not a treat mm. item and mm. I have no idea how I'll manage that but yeah yeah <laughs> well one of the ways to do it is managing blood sugar levels because the minute blood sugar levels 
bottom out. So in other words, if he's really hungry when he's presented with them, you're going to have a much harder fight on your hands. And the good way to do that is with very healthy nutrition, you know, so that's mm. the three solid meals plus two snacks, lots of proteins and fats, very few processed carbohydrates, but even if they're not so-called sweets, you know, even that lovely banana and honey muffin is still a processed mm. carbohydrate. So, you know, just, just making sure that what you are giving them is as unprocessed as possible, you know, and as homemade as, as you can do. I mean, it's, it's obviously the ideal and it's not always possible, but going down that route is a good route to go. Yeah. There were definitely some processed carbs going on in those spinach pies, I think. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, there would be. Oh, Cass. Well, thank you so much. I've absolutely loved our chats. I think it's been an amazing way to document little Max's life, you know, to be able to go back and listen to a year of Max's life. And this time last year, we were actually in a real state about Max because he yeah. had been rushed into the ICU. And if anybody hasn't heard Max's start story, go back to one of my very first podcasts where I interviewed Cass about her journey to motherhood, which started off absolutely picture perfect and ended up a little bit of a shit show. So yeah. <laughs> I know I, I said to Alex last night as we were putting him to bed, I said this time a year ago, they were taking him away from yeah, us. And Alex yeah. was like, can we not? Was I just, so rough. No. Yeah. Cass, that was really rough. I mean, you were, I mean, and the things that you've lived through over the last year have been, you know, quite textbook in many respects, because mm. so many moms go through it. You know, you've gone through the stage of of not knowing whether or not you had enough milk, and then eventually mm. the transition onto bottles, which every single mother goes through that, whether she does it at two weeks, six months, or three years old. And every single mother has the same experience of that real sense of loss when you do that last breastfeed. I mean, it just is, you know, you know that you can't go back from that. You've gone through the picky eating stage where he was eating nothing but fresh air and we were trying to work out how we were going to get food into him. He lost weight and yeah. then we were even more concerned because growth curves shouldn't plateau and his plateaued very neatly. We went through him waking up at night. We went through him sleeping through at night. We went through worried about, is he going to walk before he should at nine months oh, old no. and looking like he was going to walk? And so we were trying to keep him crawling for as long as possible. And these are all such classic things that moms go through. And you've been super real as well, Cass. I mean, you know, I think there've been moments where we've been able to say, gosh, Max has just been a textbook awesome baby. And there've also been the moments when you've gone like, Jesus, this is raw and real. And I'm at the end of my tether and, you know, I'm, I'm teary. It's been really real. And that's what's been amazing. Absolutely. And one of the things, if I could go back and tell myself is, that everything will happen the amount of time in the last year that I've spent worrying why oh, is he not doing this yet or is mm -hmm. you know or, or he's you know whether it be sleeping through the night or is feeding or mm -hmm. and actually I was listening to the episode where he was being sick all the time and I was really worried and I thought gosh just before that I think weaning was going really well and then just after that sorry he became really difficult to feed and we went mm. through and then he goes through phases where and even just now we've had a really difficult phase of feeding everything that happens will eventually sort itself mm. out I think I worry so much about little things and I can see how when you've done it once before and the second time around I don't know maybe you go back to worrying all over again or you're much more relaxed about you know okay yeah he's not doing mm. this yet but he will 
one day you know there aren't mm. many adults that are walking around still wearing a nappy mm. not sleeping through the night refusing to eat yeah yeah <laughs> you know and yeah. that sort of thing it's very true i do think second babies come with perspective more than anything else you know that that you that you know that this will pass Whereas first babies, it feels like it will be interminable. It will last mm. forever, those sleepless nights or the breastfeeding problems will last forever or, you know, whatever, you know. So I think you do have more perspective. A wonderful thing that a psychologist once told me when we were facilitating a group, she said, you know, using the word today mm. is a really good strategy. So, you know, today he's a little cranky or today he's not sleeping well because we know with babies that tomorrow can be completely different and as with the good stuff as well because today yeah. he's sleeping through and tomorrow he might not be you know and the other thing that today's session actually in particular has flagged for me when you asked me the question about why did he do those five nights or whatever it was of waking we just don't always have the answers with babies and sometimes they move through it and we still look back and we still don't have the answers and we don't yeah. know why they did what they did we don't know why max's weight plateaued a little bit but it did at a certain point in his life and we don't know why he's suddenly gone through a patch of waking up but he has mm. but it's keeping that perspective and as a seasoned mom you do realize that that actually will pass it doesn't help though because while you're in the midst of it it's really hard to keep that perspective it does feel interminable yeah, no, mm -hmm. definitely. Every time I listen back to the podcast, I think, gosh, you were so worried then. And now I couldn't even remember that that had happened. <laughs> yeah, no, it passes. It passes. No, but you've been absolutely fabulous, Cass. And thank you for sharing your journey. I would love to continue through the toddler years, maybe at least check in once a month because I'd yeah, love to I'm hear sure how Max there'll is be doing. plenty of stuff to record. <laughs> I think Sh he's only going to get more chaotic. It's, and it's going to be shenanigans. Exactly. It's going to be <laughs> chaos. There's no question, especially knowing his grandfather like we do. So yeah. <laughs> there are going to no. be some crazy moments with him. But no. thanks again, Cass, and happy birthday. Thank you so much. And yeah. thank you for all of the time and advice and everything. Thank you oh, so much, Meg. My pleasure. Thanks, Cass. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Thanks to everyone who joined us. We will see you the same time next week. Until then, download ParentSense app and take the guesswork out of parenting.